If you're not a caregiver yet, chances are you will be, or you'll need care. And this was all such a mystery to me before, before my experience. I mean, I, I just, I had no idea what I was in for. <laughs> Hi, I'm Bobby, a certified caregiving consultant and educator, the author of two books for caregivers and a caregiver support group leader. And this is Roger That, the podcast dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia. Mike is unable to join us today, but he will be back with me as soon as possible. Here we focus on the caregiver, offer our practical insights, and share some emotional support, and maybe a laugh or two, which we all know is the best medicine. As a diagnosis of Alzheimer's disease and the many other forms of dementia continue to grow throughout the U.S. and across the world, more and more men and women find themselves in the role of caregiver. Many do not understand what that means. We certainly didn't know how difficult it would be or how much care Roger would need as his illness progressed. And that brings me to today's guest, Matt Perrin. Matt is a family caregiver for his mother who is living with Alzheimer's and his father-in-law who was living with Lewy body dementia. His personal experience led him to co-found Roe and Steve, a senior care review site and caregiving blog, which was acquired by Carely in August, 2020. He currently serves as Carely's head of growth. He lives in New Hampshire with his wife, Lindsay, and their three daughters and Lindsay's father, Steve. Matt, thank you for joining me today. My pleasure, Bobby, happy to be here. Nice to meet you. Um, Virtually, anyway. Yeah, absolutely. So the, you have you have your hands full. You have quite a house full, and dealing with two different types of dementia has to be challenging, to say the least. Thank you, thank you. I appreciate uh, appreciate the the opportunity to talk with you today. And yeah, we we have uh, certainly uh, my wife Lindsay and I have our hands full with uh, three daughters: Caroline, thirteen. Emma, 11, and Lucy, 8, and full of energy, and uh, and my father-in-law, Steve, in the house, uh, living with Louis body dementia. It's a, uh, never a dull moment. Our experience was with Louis body dementia and schizophrenia. I called that creative problem solving on the run. I imagine you have some of that as well. Yeah, especially as Steve's uh, ability to communicate verbally became more and more difficult. That's really when, uh, I mean, I guess we've we've been problem solving all along for sure. But um, when the, the verbal communication slowed and then eventually stopped, you know, we just constantly are trying to trying to see how we're doing, right? And, and that means see how Steve's doing. You know, is he happy, sad, comfortable, uncomfortable, um, engaged, feeling a sense of purpose? Um, so yeah, that, that, that there's just, we're, we're constantly questioning ourselves and, and, uh, and trying new things to see what sort of reaction and engagement we get. I know that I became uh, quite skilled at reading body language mm -hmm. and facial expressions. Mm -hmm. And even before Roger was having difficulty with language, um, he liked to deny symptoms to the point that at one, one time he had fallen in the bathroom and broken a rib and kept insisting he was not having any pain to the mm -hmm. doctor's absolute astonishment. But I was able to read him well enough to know that when he was, there was something wrong. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Do you find that happening? Yeah, certainly. Lindsay, my wife, is a, a more astute reader of Steve's body language than I am. 
and uh but i but i i try my best to do my part it's it's probably the hardest day-to-day caregiving challenge that we've had and as you know bobby there there are many right every day is is full of challenges but we're really focused um with steve and with my mom as well but you know we're not with her day-to-day but we're really focused on trying to do what we can as as you know as steve's people uh and my mom's people to help help them live the best life they can find joy and and a feeling of purpose and um and fulfillment in spite of you know the challenge of lbd every day and you know that's just difficult right because the lack of verbal communication you know relegates us to you know doing exactly what you're talking about and picking up on uh, on what he's telling us with body language and facial expression and posture sometimes you know it's it's just incredibly challenging but we try and get better at it every day um do you by any chance use pictures to communicate with him we do yeah uh we use lots of pictures we have and in sort of a a variety of forms i guess i guess i'd say you know we have um a plethora of uh, photo albums uh now you know lots of different bags of pictures kind of spread around the house. We have a, a few different um, digital photo albums that we have set up in the house so that uh, pictures are scrolling. So yeah, we're, we're heavy users of photography and family photography and, and, and just, uh, you know, general photography to try and get, you know, tap into to what he might be feeling or wanting to communicate in a given moment. I know uh, some caregivers, and even in some facilities, they will put pictures on, say, the bedroom door with a picture of a bed, a picture mm-hmm. on the bathroom, yep. um, even a picture of themselves so they know that's their room, that yep. type of thing. Um, yep. Yeah, my mom, my mom uh, is in a, a, a memory care community um, about three hours away from us down in, in Cape Cod where, where I grew up. and. Um, yeah, there's a one of my favorite pictures of my mom and I uh, on her on the door of her apartment, and we have some pictures to uh, in her in her bathroom to you know, you know cue or remind on hygiene sorts of things and stuff like that. So all of that's been a big help. And it you know at first I was really skeptical on just being candid. I was you know I guess I'm part of me is a skeptical caregiver at times. I, I wish I were more open to trying new things and you know, I've gotten better as, t- as the years have gone on, but you know, the cumulative effect of all those little things really, uh, it really adds up. That's certainly been the case with photos. You know, whatever we can think of, we give it a try. If it works, you know, we, that's, it, right. that's fine. And if it doesn't, we, we move on to the next thing. That's now right. we talked at the beginning about, you know, the challenge of both Alzheimer's and Lewy body. Mm-hmm. And having worked in this field for as long as I have, I understand that there are big differences between the two. Which one of your people was diagnosed first? Uh, my mother, actually, um, but roughly, uh, roughly at the same time. You know, it was, you know, within six months of each other. Did you so, yeah. tell, could you see there was a difference? Almost immediately in, in a follow on question to that, I, I guess, is did you have a hard time getting the Lewy body diagnosed because that's often not recognized? Um, so actually, uh, so difficult time in both cases. Um, 
and just to make sure I'm understanding the, the question correctly, did I understand did, did I understand the difference between Alzheimer's and Lewy body right uh, at the start in terms of how my mom and Steve were presenting? Or yeah, did did you see differences right from the beginning? I not not necessarily. Uh, I think it was you know it's the the most stark difference in my experience anyway uh, has been the physical element. Uh, to Steve's uh, life with Louis body. Uh, you know, my mom doesn't have those, uh, doesn't have the physical challenges. Mm -hmm. um, you know, certainly she's, you know, has has some balance issues and is less steady on her feet than she, uh, she was prior and all those types of things. But, um, you know, at this stage, anyway, uh, my mom doesn't have, you know, the physical challenges that Steve's experienced. Um, and the other nuance, although they were they were diagnosed around similar times, you know, within the span of six months or so. Steve is further along in his his uh, his progression, I guess you'd say. You know, he, he he goes from his bed to his wheelchair. You know, we do our best to get him up and out of his chair with full support and, and get him to take some steps and, and do a little bit of walking for exercise because it's, you know, physically good for him. And he seems to really enjoy it uh, and get invigorated by it, but it's really the physical, the physical differences are the most stark difference have been and are now. Uh, I guess the other reason for that is, is, you know, as I mentioned er earlier or alluded to earlier, Steve's really not verbal any longer uh, in terms of how he communicates. And my mom, certainly my mom is. And that can be a benefit or not, depending on what's coming out. <laughs> Uh, certainly I've thought, you know, often, and, you know, I'm almost embarrassed to admit, but, um, you know, there've been many dark times, down times when I've thought, man, it would just be easier if she were no longer, uh, able to communicate verbally, um, which is really, uh, I truly am embarrassed to admit that, um, but I'm so glad you did because that lets our listeners know that people feel these things and it's real and you know yeah. we're we're human and it and it, it's okay to share with us. Yeah, I, I think um, that's why I, I just am so appreciative of what you do uh, with your podcast and and all your other work, um, just because these are, you know, these are thoughts and uh, stories and feelings that um, you know I. I feel strongly about them needing to be shared. Um, and, you know, there's, there's, I guess, part one of the, one of the unexpected um, outcomes or, or byproducts of my caregiving experiences, um, you know, been the reduction or elimination of my filter. Personally, I try and be as, as vocal about, um, you know, what we're living through as a family right now as, as possible, because, you know, it's the old Rosalind Carter quote around, you know, there's only four types of people in the world. And, you know, I, I, I truly believe that if you're not a caregiver yet, chances are you will be, um, or you'll need care. And, and, um, and this was all such a mystery to me before, uh, before my experience. I mean, I, I just, uh, I had no idea what I was in for. <laughs> and I think, and, I think that's true for most of us. I know that we certainly didn't, and what's happened is, and I'm sure that you're becoming more and more aware, 
people with all good intentions think they know what it's going to be. Yeah. And then when they're living with it, it's it's a complete shock, which is one of the reasons why we do this podcast and, you know, do the other things that we do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, I, I think it's, um, you know, that part of it's really important in terms of the story sharing to sort of help people who haven't yet been a caregiver or, or um, you know, aren't familiar with sort of all how how all encompassing a caregiving experience can be um you know the 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 sharing of stories and and and, you know personal experiences and anecdotes it's just it's crucial for the sad stuff and the heavy stuff but also for the great stuff in in my opinion um because there are you know I, i I wish I were never a caregiver. That would mean uh, mom wouldn't be living with Alzheimer's. Steve wouldn't be living with Louis Dubati. I wish I weren't, <laughs> but I am. And this is our reality. And it's not all sorrow and sadness. And, um, you know, I'll cherish these last five years and however many more um, for the rest of my life, because we've had some of the most beautiful moments there are. The moments of clarity and, and the special moments that come with spending a good bit of time with somebody with a dementia are absolutely precious. Many times not appreciated until after the caregiving is done. But I want to backtrack a little bit when you said you, you lost your filter and, and you're, you know, you're sharing what, what, it, what it's really like. So many of us are polite. When somebody asks how we are, you know, we say we're fine. I encourage caregivers to say, I'm tired. Yeah, right. I've had a really tough week. Um, I could use somebody to talk to, or I, I really could use some help. I love the idea, of, and, and I learned to practice it later. Tell them, don't tell people you're fine, and if they ask they, if they can help, give them a job, no matter how small it might be. Anything yeah. to take a little bit of that pressure off of you. Now, you have three children in the house. They're, mm-hmm. they're living with this person with Louis body. Mm-hmm. A lot of times, somebody with dementia will relate better to younger people than they do to a daughter or a son or a son-in-law. Mm-hmm. How are your kids do- doing with this? You know, that's a really good question. Um, I think generally well. You know, I, I, I'd be less than honest if uh if you know i didn't just clearly state that our kids um and 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 how this all hits them and how they uh incorporate uh this into their life um or receive us incorporating this into their life um you know that was you know a concern before we made the decision it was a concern after and it will continue to be um you know the kids certainly are older now you know it's been it's been years um since since we've been in this situation you know i I think um i think they're doing well and your point about um you you know someone relating easier to children i mean uh you know i i can see that um you know steve uh lights up when um you know, when his grandchildren are around, um, and that's often, you know, they're 13, 11 and eight, it's a loud house. Um, and you know, and it's an open concept. So there's not really anywhere to hide except, 
you know, Steve in, in his uh, in his bedroom, which is my former office, which is still kind of in the middle of everything. Um, so he he loves um, he loves the action. We think I believe that uh, there are times when he he'll just, you know, we'll at a you know, off his regular schedule, we'll see him kind of uh, getting wheeled back into his room. And <laughs> that's our signal that, you know, the volume was a little too much or the commotion was a little too much or stuff like that. But I, I think it's I think it's a good thing for Steve and, and they love it. Um, my biggest fear in the last 18 months or so with with that for my kids is, um, you know, his body's changed so much physically. My biggest fear was that. Right. And, um, uh, you know, he looks just uh, physically, he looks different. He doesn't look like their poppy. Right. Mm. Uh, I mean, still has the same color hair and, you know, but he's, you know, lost uh, lots of weight and continues to doesn't move like he did. He doesn't speak. He's, he's, you know, it's not just that he's lost a lot of weight. It's where he's lost the weight. His face is much thinner. His entire body is, but his face, just everything about that. That's been the scariest part really for me uh, as I think about, you know, concern about kids being around uh -huh. right and um and then the other being of course i mean steve is on hospice when the end does does come you know in that day um or that moment you know will i be home will Lindsay be home if no will one of the kids be home or all the kids be home and uh you know so that sort of stuff is yeah um, you know really my main concerns about the situation and and you know we're doing our best and have been all along to try and be very transparent with the kids and talk with them and um i mean Lindsay and i are so surrounded by by dementia in our lives and they are too so we've been vocal about it from the start with the kids when i started this it was about more and more people being diagnosed and more and more people being affected you know becoming caregivers as it continues to grow and more and more people are doing this in their homes, we're going to see situations like you have in your home. It's a shame that it has to happen, but it's happening and it's happening every day. So how about you share some one or two of those very special moments? It's tough. I'm not being hokey here, but they're all special. The special moment, what, what, what is a special moment to me now probably wouldn't have been uh before this experience sitting and watching a red sox game we're up in new hampshire so sorry if people don't like the red sox but <laughs> uh you know steve was a huge red sox fan and still is and or watching the game and you know getting a nod out of him getting some you know a, a prolonged period of eye contact from him you know get, getting a smile getting a subtle one-word response um at times you know those are those are really really special um seeing him with the kids as we were talking about can't beat that and same with my mom uh you know most recently there is kind of, sort of a special kind of heavy moment when the kids saw their mimi my mom for the the first time and you know since uh, shoot september right when, when our last outdoor visit was um because of because of covid you know we we could actually hug and they could hug her and she could hug them and feel them. And that was a, just a, a beyond special moment just to see my mom's reaction in that, you know, second or a few seconds. Um, she was, it was clear, 
you know, she was communicating clearly with her, her grandchildren and communicating her love for them. And they were genuinely happy to see her. And, um, you know, those types of things are just, you know, I, I'll, I'll never forget them. Well, you certainly are reaching out to help others, you know, with your blog and in, in telling mm -hmm. stories. Is that something that came naturally to you or did you just decide that this was important and you wanted to get the word out as much as possible? I'm a storyteller, have been for all of my life. So did it come natural? I, I don't know. I think that might be a little stretch. Um, I had, uh, you know, this, I think circumstances just sort of aligned. I, I had to step away from the workforce. I'm an only child. Um, my, my mom's a widow. My father passed away when I was, I was young. And, um, so, so she was living alone. It, we got to the point, this was, um, you know, down the path when we knew stuff was going on, we didn't necessarily have the official diagnosis yet, but I, I was going back and forth, you know, four or five times a week to Cape Cod um, from, from here in New Hampshire to, uh, to get my mom transitioned into, at the time, assisted living. Uh, we just didn't have room in our house. That's where we would have taken her. We would have taken her to New Hampshire with us, but she didn't want to leave Cape Cod and all her friends. And, and we didn't have the room with Steve already <laughs> in the house. So I was going back and forth and it just got to be too much. And um, my mom was fighting the move. Um, so I, I stepped away from the workforce and um, to, I moved down there for a few months and just focused on getting her transitioned into the supportive environment that she needed. Um, in, in, in that process of trying to learn from other people um, and find the right care for her was really difficult. I found it, you know, I'm in my forties. I figured, you know, the hard part was getting her to agree. And uh, you know, the easy part would be finding the right spot for her. And I could use the internet to do that. And the easy part would be learning from other people. And uh, you know, at the time I, I didn't know what I know now. And, uh, you know, so it was fine. It was hard to find sort of support groups and authentic opinions of other people and all that sort of stuff. And so that was the catalyst. And I just started writing and then just said, wow, what else can we do with this? How can we help people understand what places they think are good or bad, that sort of thing. And so it just went from there, but the writing part just kind of flowed and more than anything, it was cathartic. I loved it. And I don't get to do enough of it anymore. I'll get back to it soon. And then you went beyond that to the care review site? The blog and the, the, the review site were together. Um, so the idea was to wrap uh, a review site that was, you know, providing long form reviews instead of just transactional, you know, three stars or four stars, but actually giving people space to, in, in more than five words, talk about what they liked or didn't like about this particular community. Um, so the idea was to wrap that those reviews in our storytelling of our day-to-day -day sort of experience uh, as as caregivers. So the two kind of came at the same time. And uh, in doing what I do, I, I visit a, a lot of care homes. And, you know, we're here in Northern Virginia, and some of them are absolutely stunningly beautiful that offer so many wonderful activities for people who are living in there. Um, mm -hmm and are welcoming to families, but it has to be, and I also hear about places that are not like that at all, and especially on mm -hmm. some of the Facebook pages, and you hear some of the things that go on in these places. It has to be a real 
uh, blessing to people who are trying to find their way through this to find a site that they can trust where people are being allowed to do more than put a star on. Yeah, I, I, I certainly hope so. I agree with your sentiment, Bobby. I mean, the, the, the challenge with finding the right care for, for someone you love is, well, in our case, it was a needs-based search, right? So we were looking at assisted living. I cared more about how the community was going to respond when my if my mom was having a challenge or an issue in the middle of the night. I cared more about that than, you know, how nice the pool was right. or, you know, their farm-to-table dining, right? But that stuff's important to people, so I totally understand. But just generally speaking, what makes a community, whether it's a five-bed residential care home or a hundred bed sort of big box, big box assisted living, what makes that community unique, good, bad, somewhere in the middle, what have you is the people. Yes. You know, it's, it's the, the leadership, the frontline staff, the dining staff, the maintenance staff, the residents, it's the people, it's the community. You can tell those who truly love what they're doing. Correct. Right. And for us, when we were searching, we didn't, we wanted to hear from other people who had had an experience with a, a given uh, care provider. So that was the genesis and reviews in senior living are important. It's a difficult space that's, you know, monopolized by some of the, the big lead aggregators and, and will be for the foreseeable future. So hopefully the industry finds a way to, to give the people who need it, the consumer, sort of a, a forum to, to learn from others like we wanted to. So, so is there somebody um, in your family that lives near your mom? Her brother does, and my mom's just close friends. So we have a network of, of people, and then we're there pretty much half of the year. So your, your entire family certainly is immersed in caregiving and, mm -hmm. uh, uh, on many levels, and we certainly appreciate what you're doing. Thank you. Is there one thing that you would like to message that you'd like to send out to our listeners today about being a caregiver and uh, managing the day-to-day. -day. One message. Wow, that's a task. Well, uh, if no, there's I, four, you can do that. <laughs> yeah, the, the main message is keep going. You're doing an amazing job. Uh, whether you feel like it or not, uh, keep going. Uh, so that's message one. Uh, message two, and this is something that I'm still trying to improve at, ask for help and accept it. I'm getting better at asking. I'm trying to get better at accepting the help, actually accepting the help that I asked for. You know, that, that's an excellent point because so many times people want help, but then when it's offered yep. for, for whatever reason, it's like, I need you to put the dishes in the dishwasher. No, don't do it that way. I'm not necessarily the... the the dishwasher type of person, but just in general, I sometimes find it hard to accept. I think in my case, it, more than anything else, it comes from feeling like I'm being a burden. Mm -hmm. Every day, I'm just trying to get a little bit better at it. Uh, but now I, I truly believe I know, I know I need to ask for, for the help. And, you know, I'm trying to get better at figuring out what I need help with, which is another challenge in my, in my case anyway. You know, once I perfect that stuff, I'll, I'll, I'll try and perfect accepting the help that I asked for. And when you do that, get in touch with me and I'll, and I'll share how you did it with, with other people. Um, <laughs> okay. You know, you're being so absolutely real and human and, you know, 
sharing that, that that's what we are when we do this is a wonderful message to kind of wrap up our show with today. Right. Um, you know, and I really appreciate your taking the time out of your very, very busy life to talk, with, to talk with me today. You know, I, I jotted down a couple of keepaways that you were sharing with us and, you know, keep going and ask for help, but the biggest thing is to accept it. Um, too many of us feel like we're a burden during this process or feel like we have to be the one to do it all, and, th and that is not the case. And also to appreciate the special moments. And I, that's, that's a really important message to, to send out to the people who are interested in hearing from caregivers. We do hear a lot about how difficult it is. But I, I call it a gift I didn't know I wanted because of those special moments that I had with Roger. And I consider him probably one of the best teachers I've ever had in my life. Because of what I did with him, I now do what I do now. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. So again, thank you so much for joining me today. You can find more information about Matt and Carly on our show website at rogerthat.show. This has been Roger That. I'm Bobby. And we are dedicated to guiding you through the heavy haze of dementia. So please, subscribe to this show. Go to iTunes or the Roger That Facebook page and post a review. And follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you have a question or issue you'd like for us to address, please post on the Roger That Facebook page. If you would like your identity to remain private, you can direct message your question on Facebook and we will answer. To find out more about us, head over to rogerthat.show. That's Roger, R-O-D-G-E-R, that.show. <laughs>